Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mind Body Green's beauty podcast, Clean Beauty School. On this podcast, we explore beauty through the lens of well-being. And on today's episode, we are talking with the famed fitness expert. I am so excited to chat with her more. Tracy Anderson, welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for joining me. Uh, You know, I always start off these episodes by allowing the audience to get to know you a little bit better. I have a feeling that most of the audience has an idea of who you are and maybe knows a little bit about your story. But, you know, uh, in an effort to reacquaint our our audience with you, you know, I I would just love to hear more about your story and your journey into the wellness world, Um, you know, just in your own words, because I I haven't heard it from you. So I'd love to hear it. I've been doing this for 25 focused years. So I've been at it a while. It makes me laugh when I'm anywhere and some very young girl will run up to me and go, oh my gosh, hi, you know, I love your work. And I'm like, she's like, my mom did your DVDs. (laughs) Like, this makes sense now. Um, But I, you know, I like to think that we all come into this world well, like our most like primed for wellness and well-being and I really think that it is the way of the developing world that is now a highly commercialized world that is what largely makes us unwell. And so my journey in wellness was I think that inner nature that I was so bound to and then that sort of inability to fully align with all of the things that were very commercialized in the world or systems that had placed restrictions on nature to participate. Mine happened to be dance. So uh, my mother was a professional ballerina. She's going to dance school still to this day for over 40 years. And I had all of the talent and the passion and all of the things to be a dancer, but I didn't have the body type. And when I went into the system of New York City's dance school and they told me point blank, I didn't have the body type. I think that this wild part of me was just like, this is fundamentally wrong. It's against our nature. How dare you tell me that I can't do something so, so incredibly natural to me and to everyone. So my journey with wellness began, I think, with a close relationship to myself and to nature because I grew up running in the woods. And then it was a fight against the things, the, the systems that are denatured. And then I met this extraordinary doctor and um, he had done all of this work on the spine for pro athletes and how, again a system that makes billions of dollars in pro sports just abuses these athletes, but doesn't care about their longevity in motion. And he did, but he couldn't come up with the movement. So I was like, listen, let me teach me. And I don't know, I think it was like my moral imagination that sort of spun me into this like pioneering this space and wellness. So basically I've created the world's largest bank of choreography that is for the purpose of creating balance where there's imbalance in your body. 
that leads me into a question that I, I wanted to ask you about anyway. So I'll I'll ask it now. Um, you have such a unique method, right? And it is a method that has been tried, or at least tried to be replicated by many others. Um, but you know, you're Tracy Anderson for a reason, and I your method is synonymous with excellence and results for a reason. Um, so, you know, I'm curious, like, what do you think sets your method apart from everything that's followed or, you know, everything else in the wellness industry? Because like, like I said, your method is so unique. Yeah. Thank you. I, I appreciate that so much more than you know. Uh, what sets it apart is it was my journey. I did the hard work and Hard is like a light word for the journey that I, you know, uh, that I pioneered. And I, I was so hungry to fight against like a lot of the systems. And I have so much respect for the movement industry and so many people that came before me from, you know, someone like Jane Fonda who broke down that, that, that fourth wall and let people into like her home and community for like movement and, you know, taking, you know, all of that jazzercise and fun, you know, to just, just amazing, you know, fun and functional like movement to, to this next level. And, and Kathy Smith, and there were many that, that came, you know, before me that inspired me that I'm happy to name and say, you know, who they are and what they did. Joseph Pilates, I've got countless Pilates certifications early in my journey. And I, I think that, you know, I was listening to this podcast with Malcolm Gladwell and Rick Rudin the other day, and, and he was saying how when someone loves a genre of music, like the Ramones loving some other band, and then they became the Ramones, like that, that people imitate things because they're in love with that thing, right? But there's one thing to imitate or give a nod to or pay respect to or vocalize and say the person's name and contribution out loud. And I was watching another interview with Dave Grohl, how he was saying like how in uh, in Nirvana and like Teen Spirit and everything, he was the drums. He was like, if he was, I was so inspired by the Gap Band and, you know, like that, that era of this, you know, sort of, um, you know, very like soul just that you can hear. And, and someone like Dave, who is such a, unique talent in his own right still will pay respect right still will say and there's something really perverted about the wellness industry right now where people who worked for me or so many people i have someone already in another country that has literally recreated my latest innovation and is just taking my choreography every single day and doesn't even give the a lot of these people don't even give the nod. It's like they loved the language so much. It meant so much to them. They could, they can't even figure out how to move differently. It's so obvious that they move like me, but they don't know what they're doing and they can't go and do anything on their own. And they can't even give credit to the person who inspired them or pioneered it. It is such a strong signal to how the ego, narcissism, hunger for fame will do anything to take money from people and call it wellness. It just shows you as a consumer how much more careful 
you have to be with your body because you can't, your health can handle the hard truth and it can't handle lies, right? So that, that goes two ways. That's you yourself, like telling yourself you ate well or telling yourself you're not drinking too much or telling yourself you exercised when you went for a, a walk down the street, you know, like, or telling yourself that, you know, you don't calorie restrict or you don't eat too much or, you know, it, all the things or, you know, or you're telling yourself you're not in an abusive relationship, but you actually are. Your health can't handle all of that. Your body knows the truth. And when you don't line it up and you don't balance it, it becomes sick. And also when you're trying to buy into a community that is healthy or you're trying to bow down to a teacher that looks like something but doesn't have the understanding of why they're doing it, you're just there because you think the person looks cute, that is not wellness at all. No, you, what you said about, you know, the body knows the truth. I think that is so profound. Um, and, you know, I think it's truly like words to live by. And I'm curious, you've had a long career and, you know, you, you do have such a unique point of view in the wellness industry. And right now, what would you say your wellness philosophy is? Like, what are your guiding lights? Your health can handle the hard truth. They can't handle lies. Yeah. Uh, you have to build your core values. You have to build your character. You have to be okay with your journey. You have to be okay with where you grew up. What parents are the ones that had you on their journey? What was that like for you? Siblings, like revisiting the nostalgia of where you came from and making sure that you are honoring sort of the wild part of it, the difficult parts of it, the sentimental parts of it, the loving parts of it. And that along the way, you're looking at yourself and you're going, oh, hey, there was that period of time where I did those things that they didn't feel so good to me. And so what I did was I let them stay there and I didn't carry them with me. And I got through that. And along the way, as you age, and you're always going to have to be doing this, you're always going to have to be building and developing your core values and your character because you can't have health with poor character. If you are someone that is not built of something really like meaningful and you're willing to just sort of marinate from trend to trend and go from group to group and, you know, you care more about your life and pictures than your life and your depth of reality, you're not going to have health along the way. And it will either catch up with you mentally or physically in the long run. And I think that um, you have to listen in a deep way to your body and um, in sort of a light and happy way too. And if you turn up every single day, your body and your mind will start to trust you. Meaning like if you turn up every day and you go for a glazed Krispy Kreme and a big sugary like Starbucks mocha cream cafe thing, and then you go to Pilates, like that's not health. Yeah. Your body's not going to trust you mm. at the end of the day if you 
do that. Yeah, because, you know, you aren't giving your body the tools that it needs to actually be healthy. So it's not going to trust you to take care of it, right? Yeah, you're just not giving it the truth of what it needs. Like it it truthfully needs you to care about the soil. It truthfully yeah. needs you to care about getting your sugar from fruits. It truthfully needs you to be eating vegetables. It truthfully needs you to, you know, sleep. It truthfully needs you to learn to say no to the things in a kind way and the people that don't serve you well, that aren't aligned with your core values and your character. It truthfully needs you to show up for exercise in a way that is meaningful and deep where you go, you know what? I know how to move in my body or I want to, like for my work, I'm all about making sure that your mind and your body is doing and lighting up all of its capabilities that you're turning on and checking and cleansing all of those things that is why it's very difficult to translate on instagram it looks it looks wild it looks primal it looks confusing like no she's not talking to you yes it changes every single week because there's so much research that i have done and so many studies and testing and everything to get us closer to what the truth is of our nature and our balance. And what does that equation and calculation look like to constantly be creating balance where there's imbalance? And instead of reinventing ourselves, let's regenerate ourselves, right? Reinventing yourself is about is about putting on more makeup. And regenerating yourself is about truthfully like digging in to the soil of who you are and and having a regrowth, which is really healthy and beautiful. You know, that points to the next thing I wanted to ask you about, which is the new phase of, uh, you know, Tracy Anderson, my my mode. I'm curious because, you know, from what I've learned about it, it really seems like this um, way that you can bridge nature and your body and you can find that the balance that you're talking about, right? Um, so I, I'm curious, can you tell me more about what my mode is and like what inspired you to create it and like what is the ultimate goal of it? It's going to take a while for people to understand, I think. So thank you. My mode is a set of tools that I can choreograph with because to me, and I'm close to 50, for me to continue to feel young and I mean, I have so much energy. I have like boundless energy and I've got, um, I feel like, I feel like I have as much energy as I did when I was five, which is great, you know? But I also play like with my body, like as if I was still five, right? So, so that I can choreograph a set of like movements that keep my brain and my body and my muscles all engaged and working in this zone that is where you're able to get the benefits of working out longer, like 60 to 90 minutes. And your your body, your muscles can also create like these powerful things like your glutathione to detox and all of this, where the way that you exercise and the, the amount of things that get turned on naturally in your system that people are always trying to take in pills, it's unbelievable if you really like work with the body in that way. So the way that I can use these tools to design the muscular structure, make sure that you are like functionally being as dynamic as you possibly can and that that you are that I am where I am able to use things to turn on certain muscles that don't turn on easily. This is 
like my dream playground for that. And I wanted all of these different planes and levels because on the mat, I have worked really hard to create as much choreography and I'm continuing to create choreography where people can just use their own body weight and do it at home. But for me to go into my next stage of aging and keep my skin tight to the muscle and keep my booty lifted off of the ground and keep my waist snatched in how I want it to be, right? Um, keep my skin to my arms and do all of these things. I needed the different levels and I needed to be able to work through the spine in different ways. And I just packaged it all into this very primal, regenerative, friendly to the environment um, package. And that meant so much to me because I have invented a lot of different machines and I've got a couple in the pipeline that I wanted to pull the trigger on, but the environmental impact is bad. And if you saw how bad from yoga mats to cycling, stationary cycling bikes to um, weights to, I mean, all the neoprene weights, all of these, even, I mean, years ago in metamorphosis, I was using the plastic balls and I, I borrowed the plastic balls from the rhythmic gymnastics world, right? But, and the air hoops and things, I didn't use them in the same way, but, but all of those things, that's not where we are today. We've learned so much and, and, and having things made in countries that are not participating in environmental health and they are not even looking after the health of the people, their own, own citizens that live there. Like it's, 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 I can't be a part of it. I want to leave a legacy where if you look at my career from the very beginning, the, I, I would still today recommend the very first movements that I ever published because I was so careful. I had already done a five-year study and worked for 10 years before I ever released a commercial product to anyone. So I stand by the movement from the very beginning, but as a woman and as a, as a, citizen of the world, like I've learned and I keep growing my character and I keep learning. And as a mother too, there's no way that I'm going to participate in things for my own financial gain that don't serve a greater good. Yeah. I think that's really admirable. Um, and, you know, I think it's something that so many people rightfully so it's on the on the top of a lot of people's minds right like we all have to pitch in we all have to we're at this point where we all have to try you know no matter where you are whether you're a consumer a creator um you know a policy maker etc cetera, etc cetera. um we all have to get involved so i think that's such an important point when you look at people now even too there are celebrities that have made millions and millions and millions of dollars and now they're stepping into my industry with things that are so environmentally unfriendly that to me, I'm like, wait, how in the world? First of all, you're stepping into an industry you don't know anything about and you're not even doing it and looking out for the environment when you already have so much. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. You said something earlier that I wanted to circle back to just because it really piqued my interest. You know, you were talking about creating movements and creating dynamic movement in such a way where it can support your skin health or, you know, create glutathione in the body, all this sort of stuff. So I'm curious, like, how do you go about structuring a movement that has those as the ultimate 
benefit or as one of the benefits. Because I don't think people think about that sort of stuff when they work out. You know, maybe they're working out only for a like weight loss aspect, or maybe they're working out for maybe even it's mental health. I think it's usually they're working out, oh, we're going to work out this muscle group. Now we're going to work that or this functionality or that. This is the way that I was challenged because as I learned, so when I did my first study, I wanted to create, I wanted to see if I could create balance where there's imbalance in anyone with any genetic background. But I took a real like question and one answer, right? Like, can I take all of these women from all of these different genetic backgrounds, different environmental experiences, different ages, and can I turn them all into a body type that a professional dance school in New York City would accept, right? Really superficial sounding study, but it was fascinating because that was the challenge for me. Like, because what I learned about the way that all of our muscles like to be played, if you will, if we're going to play in harmony, we're going to let them all play, right? Because the dominant ones, they want to take over. And as we age and in the society that we live in, with our sitting at computers, sitting in the cars, being largely inactive, the way that we're brought up in school too, it's such a crime that we are sitting at desks all day long and that the fit, the one hour for physical fitness or recess, those are getting infringed upon when that is our mental well-being. That is our physical and mental well-being, right? And those things are getting pulled and we wonder why we have so much disease and we wonder why we have we struggle with so much um so many mental health um issues and because we're not even using our own equipment so when i was doing that study i found that it's impossible to get each person to yeah if you're just going to give them a lot of weight and you're going to say fire that bicep curl okay you're going to fire the bicep curl. How they're going to do it, how they're going to get it done, isn't really like oh, they, you try and stabilize the person as long as much as you want to if you're going a conventional route. But, but what really matters is the life force inside of these people and how are they going to find it? It's something you can't see. It's your center. It's your, you know, you can't see love, but we feel it. And when we feel it right, it's good, right? We all have an energy and we all have a life force that, that you know, things like Tai Chi will we'll, we'll talk about wrangling and all other kinds of things. But, but when you really bring that to play and you train people to have to be exploratory and dynamic and, and they have to use the language that is built in them to do that, then you start to see people come to life in a way that it's so beautiful to watch and it's not me doing it. It's literally like their own bodies doing it, but they just are never given the opportunity as adults to move like that, right? So people get more creative. People would come to me and, and say, you know, oh my gosh, I, I don't know what happened to me, but I'm so happy I'm finally leaving my abusive husband or I've always hated my job and thanks to you, I'm, I'm changing careers or whatever. And I'm like, it's not thanks to me, right? First of all, like, I'm just giving you the tools to use everything in your body so that you actually 
are dealing with your whole truth. So, so when you ask people to do movement that lights up the neuroplasticity in the brain that goes past little things like solving small problems, but that really is 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 going to into this zone where like all of the things have been thought out because I realized that I had to get these women to figure out how to become, how to get them to move, how to get them to be coordinated, you know, past a bicep curl, a room full of women to even just go like this and start like moving like this, like way out from their, their protection of their center or their low self-esteem or their, oh God, or I'm going to like, I've got to expand where my like breasts are really like, or my, I have to open my soul or I have to open my heart or whatever. It, I have to be vulnerable, right? Yeah. It, it's unbelievable, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's really interesting. Um, and I think it speaks to this idea that we we aren't taught how to be in our bodies. Um, you know, women taught how about, not to. Yeah. You know, you mentioned it earlier with like the kids example, right? Like the more and more I think about it, the more angry I get about the idea that these little kids are just forced to sit in desks all day, like at the prime age that they should be moving and having fun and like being dynamic. And like, I don't know, it, it a little bit breaks my heart. Yeah. Um, it, it's so unhealthy. Um, Private but, you know, too. you'll wear a uniform. You won't wear nail polish. I will take away all of your expression. I'm going to take away your ability to express so that you can all be like this now. It's it's against our wild. It's against our nature. It's against how we came into the world, and it is sad. And and I, you know, I've I've homeschooled. My my son is now twenty five and two weeks. But um, there were times where I, I mean, I, I'm a very like hippy dippy parent with my with my kids, and and my daughter's been largely homeschooled um, because I just I don't believe in these things. I don't I don't believe that the, I believe they're part of everything that we have to untangle someday, right? We have to, then we work to untangle these things that were imposed upon us. And now it's just, it's just become, it's become too frightening because it's like, you know, a lot of it is just against our nature. And a lot of schools now don't even want to allow as human beings learning how we have hurt large groups of each other, you know, schools don't even want to let children learn from that history to make sure that we don't create a, an environment like that again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Amanda Gorman's, um, piece getting pulled from some of the schools was one of the most alarming, alarming signals against all of our health that could have ever happened. And I hope that people are really opening their eyes and understanding that things like that affect our health. Mm -hmm. Take away people's, as long as people are not harming anyone and things are consensual, you cannot take away another person's freedom to live their truth. And you cannot make their truth more difficult for them than, than you would want even for yourself. People need to be able to marry whoever they want to marry they need to be able to love whoever they want to love. And women have got to have agency over their own bodies. It is health. Those, everything you just mentioned 
are public health concerns, right? Like they're not, I mean, they are social uh, concerns as well, but they are public health concerns. If you are not able to live your truth, you're not going to be healthy. It's so true. It's so yeah. true. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I could spend a long time discussing that, but that's a, a, a fodder for a different podcast, I suppose. <laughs> um, you know, I do want to move on to how, you know, you how you take care of yourself on a day-to-day basis, right? Like, um, you obviously have uh, a very busy life um, and you are a woman who practices what she preaches. Um, so, you know, how do you how do you wake up every day? You, you say you have a ton of energy. So how do you get it? Help us. <laughs> I really when I do my workout and I move like I, I, I turn everything else off and I first of all, I make sure that everything's in place. And I think that that's part of being responsible it's part of being an an adult like the things that are going to worry you during your workout make sure they're taken care of before you even start your workout don't not take care of them and then go oh my gosh I have to leave my workout because uh, did I leave the oven on or what is my child doing or you know I need to check that work email whatever it is like just make sure that those things are taken care of and I, I always do that I make sure everything is Everything that relies on me, I make sure that that's all in place and being taken care of in a way that I can trust in. And then I dive into my workout. And that is my time to problem solve, to connect to myself, to floss inside, to get everything out. I don't want anyone talking to me, right? That's why even when I'm leading a class, right? I'm not, I'm not. I'm not there. And I think some people are like, oh my gosh, what is she even doing? She's just doing this for herself. And and this great uh, poet, I mean, incredible poet, Mary Oliver, she wrote all of her, uh, much of her poetry she wrote in I. I did this, I did that. And she said that she took a real risk doing that because some some critics said, oh, well, well that sounds like so egotistical. And she took that risk. And I loved hearing her say that because I feel like I kind of take that risk. And the reason why that she she took that risk was to because she felt like we're in this together. And 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 if she's having this experience, someone else is probably having this experience that they can relate to so they can read it as I for themselves. And for me, when I go into that room and I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm in my mode for me, right? It's because I want the next person next to me and the next person next to me to be in that for themselves because that is what is healthy. That is what is being in your workout. Going to a class where someone is preaching to you their agenda, their predictive cueing for you is robbing you from those things that can turn on those powerful like antioxidants that and, and those powerful regenerative cleaning, creative things that come with exercise, right? If somebody gets on the treadmill and they're watching a show while they're working out and somebody is coming to my class where no one's talking to them, there's music that we all are primarily programmed to move to and they're moving and exploring through mimicry. The amount of brain activity in my class versus that is light years apart. Mm. Your regeneration in my class is light years more significant than someone that's just on a treadmill. So I do that. I do my workout. I eat really, really well. 
Um, I'm vegan primarily. And I did want to ask you about nutrition. So maybe this is a place we can segue into that. Um, you know, we've talked earlier about the importance of fueling your body with food and giving your body the tools it needs um, to regenerate, to thrive, to do all these things. You know, so what what are your nutrition principles and like what does an average day look like? My nutrition principles are I'm scared for the quality of actual nutrition that we can actually get today. So um, I'm very much, I like to donate to Farmer's Footprint and and any kind of soil regeneration, water, all that kind of stuff, plastic. Um, so in the My Mode, also we have a My Mode Earth that donates to these causes because I think that making sure that we get our planet clean is really important. And I think we can clean it up if we all really try. I eat vegetables every day and fruits every day and um, tofu and um, plant-based proteins. I will eat a little bit of egg and a little bit of small fish or salmon. But I mean, like, I'm 98% vegan. I drink water. I try. Now that I'm, you know, 48, I'm... I negotiate my sugar. I used to eat a lot more sugar. Um, but now if I want to have, I will, the only thing that I ever drink is I'll have a glass of wine, but I won't have sugar and wine. If I'm going to have wine, then I'm not having any other sugar unless it's from a fruit in that day. You know, we've talked about the benefits of movement for managing your mental health. Um, and so, you know, I'm sure that will be a big part of your answer, but I'm curious, you know, what other um, de-stressing tools do you have in your arsenal? Like, basically, how do you calm down when, you know, life life hits you? I think that it's really important to be bored. Um, I think that, like, when I get overwhelmed, I'll just go and sit outside. I'll go be in nature. I'll just literally, like, sit and be bored because I think it's just, it's really important. And, and, um, it's important to just not be doing anything. If you can remember, well, anybody that can remember growing up without all of these devices and all of these options to connect all of the time, we would, would really just kind of go outside and get creative, you know, or just kind of roam around a little bit. Like, I don't think there's anything I think it's healthy to do that. I think if you watch so many animals in their actual nature, there's kind of laying and chilling. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I, I will do that. I think that if you're in a healthy relationship, I think it's important to snuggle. I think it's important to not care about what you look like if you've shaved your legs or any, if a light's on or off. I think it's important to really be very raw and like okay no matter where you think you are in your body or your age to like walk around your room naked and just lay with the person that you love or make love to the person that you love that's part of us like also like making love to ourselves or making love to somebody that we actually love is so important for our health and sleep is so important i i think it's ridiculous that people now are like oh i need to do something so my family and I spent some time in nature or my family and I, I took a time. 
I'm like, well, isn't that just part of every day for you? Isn't mm-hmm. that just like a normal thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They like extract themselves from nature and what makes us human rather than integrate it into their daily lives. And I think it's so, it's really strange to me on Instagram now to watch so many people like with their kids all day long on this platform of parenting. I would highly recommend that people figure out a different authorship because I I just, I don't find it to be natural to us. And I I worry that one day they might wake up and go, I feel disconnected. I feel like something is missing or out of balance or disconnected, right? I don't, I life through any of these platforms. I share things and sometimes I'll share some, but I, I don't go through the motions of my day from a sharing perspective. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like the priority, which you can obviously see there's so many people who grow up now where it is the priority. The first thing you do is you get on your social media platform and you put it all out there. And I mean, listen, I'm right there with you. I, I'm I'm scared for, you know, what's going to happen with people who grow up with that sort of mindset. Yeah. I'm doing my makeup routine now. I'm doing my, my, my blowout. I'm making my morning tea. I'm going for my morning walk. I'm going to... I mean, look, and I'm grateful for the people that post my workout. I think that that's great. I think it's amazing. I think, but I do think that there is, um, there is a, there's a way to do it that is balanced and can be healthy. There's a community driven way, especially if you're fighting. And I think that there's a way that is just so far from where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I totally agree. I only use, um, like clean beauty and things like that. So yeah, the next uh, quick thing I wanted to bring up to you is uh, kind of our beauty section. Um, So I've read interviews that you've done before and, um, you know, it, it seems that you share this belief that I have where working out and movement is a form of skincare. Like I don't view them as separate things. I believe fitness and movement is a part of my skincare routine. Um, And you know, you clearly share that view, right? And so I'm curious, like, why or when and how did you make that connection? And why do you view them having so much overlap? That's been a part of my journey of just building my own character because the fitness came first for me. Um, The eating came years later for me because I was like, oh my God, I can eat whatever I want to and I can look great. And I can eat whatever I want to. So that, that it took me, that was later. And then the beauty was even later than that. But that's why I think it's so important to be willing to learn. It's like one bad habit can just pile up onto another bad habit, another bad habit. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, whoops, I didn't do all that I could do, could have done to be preventative. I think that's the thing, right? Is that you can throw in the towel and say, screw it. I'm only here for so long. I'll take my risks if I'm going to turn on that switch that I could potentially have in me genetically or not. And I'll get a bad diagnosis or I'm going to try everything that I can to not switch on anything that I might have in me to get a bad diagnosis. All those things are from mental health, not dealing with your, not dealing with things in your life that are tough, you know, staying in toxic situations, you know, marinating with toxic people, um, 
all the being a toxic person, like all of those things, but also putting toxic things on you, right? So um, I think that um, RMS was the first beauty brand that really inspired me to go clean in Tata Harper. Those two women, Rosemary's like amazing who founded RMS, like she's so cool. And I think that she just really knew what she was doing in terms of like what we wanted. Cause I like makeup. Like I'm not someone like, oh, I love to be, I'm fine without makeup around my kids and my husband, but I like to wear makeup in life. And I think she really got it, right? Was a leader for so many. And then like my friend Ariel just created REL, which is a this adorable, like lip tints that I'm obsessed with. There are so many um, women that care about things being effective and not harming us that are, you know, really leading the way. We've got clean beauty and and uh, that we we make. And then this legendary makeup artist, Dottie, who's a great friend of mine who cares so much about clean skin. She totally created the no makeup makeup look. She curates our whole store of, you know, clean beauty. So it's just where we're at. This hair company, O-Way, I'm obsessed with. This is going to be a strange question, but I have to ask, how do you always look so good when you're working out? Because I feel like I don't look good when I'm working out. There's no way that you could ever not look good. I'm, I I don't know. I'm, my face is deep red. <laughs> so who cares if your face is red? If your face is red, that's good. That means you've got so much like oxygenation going on. Sure. Good like circulation. That's amazing. Get out. Okay. Oh, that is something that I would say to you as a much older woman, get over those things. Really appreciate your beauty. You are beautiful. Appreciate that beauty in all of the ways, especially when you think you look your worst. Don't be ashamed of it. Like don't, don't run from it. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't think you have to cover it up. Don't think that it has to be frozen or injected or like, I don't, I don't have anything in, in my face. I'm not going to, I just took a hard, like, you know what? I'm going to, you look amazing. No, I mean, I think that there are a lot of women like Christy Turlington that I admire so much. And there, there, there are a lot of women that are really kind of braving that, like, you know what? I'm not going to do these things. And, and I don't judge anybody that does. It's just that I'm going to go. I'm not saying I'm never going to do it. I'm just saying that I'm going to try. And I've been trying for the last few years here to just be as natural as I can, because there were a lot of years that I damaged myself because I have filmed more DVDs than anyone in my industry. And I thought I had to be as tan and as blonde and like as like ex whatever like as possible and i went to the tanning bed so many thousands of times that i wish i never did and so now i'm just more like you know what all of yeah. all of life is beautiful if you're vibrant and you're taking care of yourself from the inside out it's all beautiful and it's totally freaky that we're all trying to manipulate our bodies to look and our faces to look like something so similar. It's weird. I mean, no, it's a good reminder. Like you don't have to look perfect all the time. Um, and that's not what reality is. You know, I think we just get inundated on social media that everyone looks perfect all the time. I also have to look perfect all the time. 
Yeah. And yeah. We, all, we all have the same Paris filter, which is super kind of Instagram. Thanks. But we have to also be able to look at ourselves in the mirror and be like, life is not that filter. If I'm going to go on there, I can be like, hey, I'd like to have that on. But you've got to be okay in your home and you've got to be like, I don't know. I think it's it's something that women are so hard on themselves with, but we don't impose to onto men. So, but really it's, we impose it onto ourselves, right? Like yeah. my husband thinks I'm the most beautiful first thing in the morning with no makeup on. He doesn't want me to do anything. So like, just own that for yourself, own that for yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. This is- okay. So the last question I ask you is what is one wellness habit that you just simply could not live without, but it can't be working out? Yeah, I was like, well, it's working. <laughs> yeah, well, it can't be. <laughs> yeah. One. So I'm really going to say that I think that being radically honest with yourself, like I really think that that's the thing that people have to do. Just being really, really truthful with yourself. Like you've got to know what the real truth looks like. Yeah. And I think people don't, they confuse themselves so much. They don't even know. They can't even regurgitate back to you what they actually ate that day before, what they actually did, how they actually felt, if they actually dealt with their stress. There's so many people out there faking it to make it that their their health is just crying out. And I would just say like, um, there's this great Rumi translator, Coleman Barks, who I love to read his work. And he talks about this thing called soul fury. And like, it's such a beautiful, like, like way of putting things like in life, like you have to, like the word soul is so overused and it's like so boring. But when you put like, like soul fury together, like you've got to be truthful about the things that you really like love and the things that really light you up in this world and the things that really make you feel like, you know, like you're just really whole and happy and you're not having a moment of like, oh my gosh, I just posted something and I got so many likes. Like that's not whole and happy, right? But like if you're just out on like, you can be on a hike with someone that you love and just have this moment of like, oh my gosh, I feel like whole and happy right now. Or you can have really dealt with something that was really hard and tough for you to deal with. You got it out of your space. You got it out of your system and you're like, I feel whole and happy. You know, or you're like, gosh, I really ate well for myself and exercised and I feel, I feel whole and happy. Then you feel this, like this, you can just, you can feel your body and your soul, like have this sort of like fury and, and harmony that where you're like, this is life, right? This is living, right? Yeah. But I don't think people do that enough anymore. I think that they're looking for a hack. Mm, mm, yeah, for sure. Um, no, I mean, everything you just mentioned, it's like, it's such a good reminder to embrace the moments of awe. I think that's something that I've been really working on, uh, lately where it's like, you just really stay in the moment and you just, you're in awe of what you're seeing or what you're experiencing or the moment or the emotions that you're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's incredible advice to end on. Tracy, yeah, I think people literally go to places now so that they can show people that they went to places more than they go for their soul. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I mean, that's exactly what's happening, but we have to embrace those moments. Yeah. Feel them. True. 
Well, this is so fun. It's a great podcast. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining me. I loved having you on. I feel so inspired right now. (laughs) Well, come try a class. I will. I have tried a class, but I will gladly come again. (laughs) Love to have you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. For more beauty content from the team at MindBuddyGreen, you can always read along with our content at mindbuddygreen.com, follow us on social media, and of course, tune into next week's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to rate and review us. And if you ever want to reach out with questions or insights or thoughts, you can find me on Instagram at Alex underscore Blair underscore. Thanks so much for your time.